get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Michelle Smallman and Dan McLaughlin, I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us on 101 ESPN. And we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. And our friend, the former Cardinal General Manager and now a senior advisor in the Reds front office, Walt Jockety, kind enough to take some time with us as the Reds get ready to visit St. Louis for the weekend. Walter, great to have you with us. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm great. Thanks, Randy. And it's good to uh, always talk with you guys. Always good to talk to you. Before we get started, I want you to tell your favorite Charlie Finley story. People might not be aware of this, young people that are driving oh. around. But <laughs> at, a, at, a, at, a, at one time, Walt Jockety was the only employee in the A's front office. Charlie Finley was the owner and Walt was the only employee. So what what is your strongest memory of those days? Well, my strongest memories, I, I you know, first of all, I didn't meet him until after he sold the club. <laughs> I, was, I was hired. I was hired over the phone. I, did, I guess I had a good phone interview and good recommendations from Roland Heeman and Tony La Russa, who were with the White Sox at the time. That was our AAA affiliate when I was in Des Moines. And uh, um, so I was hired over the phone. And then I talked to him every week. You know, I'd talk to him. And he was, you know, he was actually uh, fun to talk to because he gave me, you know, ideas and what, the way that he used to get information because he didn't have a lot of scouts. In fact, when I went there, I had no scouts and we had the basic four teams and it was a, it was a mess, but uh, you know, he would get his information from people from other clubs. That's one trait that I learned from him was I would always uh, pick the brains of some of the better scouts and smarter people in the game. And, and that helped me throughout my career. So it was one, one thing that I learned from, but he was, he was an interesting guy and uh, he kind of, and they, that first year, I was not only the farm director, but also the scouting director, which I found out after I got there. And we, as I said, we had no scouts. So we had to do the entire draft uh, off the scouting bureau. So I was in spring training, trying to do spring training and getting these reams and reams of scouting reports and trying to put something together. And, and um, we ended up having a, a decent draft, I guess. We had a couple, one guy that made it, uh, ended up being a, still a, a scout for us in Cincinnati game, a guy by the name of Rich Bordy. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was it was interesting. It was good, actually basic training for me, and, and uh, I, I learned a lot that year. Well, speaking of spring training, Walt, I was reading an article 20 years ago. It's hard to believe it's 20 years ago, but April 2nd, 2001, you're the GM of the Cardinals, and a guy by the name of Albert Pujols, who's a rookie, is added to the roster to replace an injured Bobby Bonilla. And your quote Mm -hmm. at the time was, he's unproven, but he's certainly shown every indication that he can compete at the major league level. We'll see what develops. How good did you think he could be at that time? Oh, come on, Walt. You knew. You knew. Everybody knew. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, this is, and you can 
ask Buddy Bates this story. Um, I had a feeling in spring training that he was going to be a pretty special player. And Buddy had assigned him a number, I don't know, a high number of some sort. I swear to God, I told Buddy, I said, you better get this guy a pretty good number. He might be retired one day. And he ended up getting, yeah, so (laughs) that's the truth. I mean, Buddy will verify that. I mean, he was just that good. Because I watched him very little because he wasn't in the minor leagues very long. I saw him in um, uh, Potomac. He played in Potomac, and then I saw him in, in the Arizona Fall League. And uh, he was just amazing. And that spring training, he just was incredible. You know, you so, know. Well, we reflect now on on Albert being here. Yachty is going to the Hall of Fame. Albert is going to the Hall of Fame. Larry Walker is now in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm probably missing somebody here from this group of that you assembled in the early 2000s, mid 2000s. And I think Scott Rowland is going to the Hall of Fame. Do you reflect now on it and go, wow? This was really good. I mean, you yeah. knew they were good at the time, but now you reflect on it and you say, that was elite. That was special. Well, actually, I reflect on it more now than I did then. At the sure. time, you're just so busy trying to um, uh, get your, do whatever you can to make the team a competitor and, and, and to win. But uh, And I, I do, I honestly believe that Scott will get in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I thought he might do it this, this year, but... In the next year or so, I think he, he has a real good shot at it. He deserves to be in there. I mean, you look at his numbers and the way he performed, and those of us that saw him play every day saw the defense that he played. Uh, it was incredible. And that's And when I, when I took him over to Cincinnati, too, he was a great influence on our club and really helped some of our young players like Jay Bruce and Joey Votto and uh, Zach Cozart uh, and even Brandon Phillips to, to become better ball players. And, and he, was, he just had that special... Um, traits that a lot of players don't have. I, you know, I think, quite honestly, I think uh, uh, Mo's trait of Arenado is very similar. I think Arenado has that same ability. Walt Jockety with us on 101 ESPN. Walt, uh, my guess is that the offense that the Reds are getting in 2021 is what you expected in 2020 when you put that team together. Exactly. I think uh, – we, I don't know what happened last year. I don't know if it was just because of the shortened season. They just weren't prepared or whatever it was. But we just didn't uh, hit on all cylinders like we are this year and like we thought we should have last year. And it, it's, uh, you know, it's just been fun to watch the offense. Unfortunately, our, our bullpen has not been very good. And, you know, the starting pitching has been good for the most part. Uh, Sonny Gray's back. You'll see him, I believe, tonight or tomorrow. Tomorrow, I think. Or no, tonight. Sonny goes tonight, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then... Uh, um, uh, the, the one guy that so far, knock on wood, has been really good for us is T.J. Antone out of the bullpen. and He's been a, a lifesaver uh, for us. But the other guys have performed good at times, but uh, you know, we just had a horrible series against the Diamondbacks the last three days, and it was, you know, it was tough to watch. But, uh, you know, it's uh, still a work in progress. Well, you used to be able to, you, you could build a bullpen during the season and you would go out and find arms. How valuable, though, in, in doing those sorts of things was a guy like Dunk? There were so many times where he could, he oh, would, yeah. you, you can go ahead. You can answer that that way. No, you know, I, I just had dinner with Dunk a few weeks ago and, and uh, he looks great. He's doing great. And he's living down in Tucson. I live in Phoenix. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I knew I could pick up uh, a pitcher here and there, and, and uh, um, 
and Dunk used to get, uh, Tony used to get on me once in a while, and he said, you know, it would be nice to give Tony a finished product one time, or give Dunk a finished product. <laughs> I said, yeah, I know, but I, I, I believe in him so much that I knew, I mean, just look at the guys that he he uh, perfected and, and, and improved. I mean, we got uh, um, Chris Carpenter. Chris was hurt, and, and, you know, we thought we had a, we were acquiring a guy with a great arm, but, you know, Dunk really helped him, and uh, all the way to guys like uh, Weaver. When we got Weaver from uh, in that trade, that uh, you know, he was a guy that uh, had had a so-so career, but had a, played a big part in the playoffs for us. And I think Dunk had a lot to do with that. Well, what was your reaction when you heard Tony Larusa was coming back to baseball to manage the Chicago White Sox? Well, I saw Tony a lot this winter, so in, in Arizona, so I wasn't too surprised. But you know, I think uh, Michelle, this is something that Tony. And I've, you know, I've stayed, you know, we stay in touch a lot and see each other a lot. Uh, this is something I, I know he's really wanted to do ever since he, or at least the last couple of years, because he just, he watches the game, he gets frustrated seeing how uh, some teams play and, and, you know, wants to try and get the game, you know, teach the game like he, he taught when he was managing. And so I wasn't too surprised, you know, everyone said because of his age, but you know, He's he's still a uh, very vibrant, very he has full of energy, and he's got a lot of uh, um, things that he still wants to do. So I'm not totally surprised. I just uh, hope it doesn't take its toll on him after a while. But I think uh, he'll be fine. You talk about taking its toll, mm-hmm. and you've spent your entire adult life being around competitive people. Have you ever met anybody who whose days depended on a win or a loss like Tony's? Never, never. <laughs> I mean, you know, you you all know, so you've experienced the same thing. You ask him, how are you doing, Tony? I'll tell you 10 o'clock. You know, after yeah. the games are, I'll tell you 1030. You know? And, you know, he's as soon as one game's over, he's focused on the next game. And, you know, looking at his lineup, looking at what he's going to do. His spring trainings are unbelievable. In fact, uh, um, the people of the White Sox told me this year that they were just amazed at how well his, you know, how organized his spring training was. Because they hadn't seen anything quite like that before. And it's just, that's the way he is. He's very prepared, very organized, and always on top of things. And uh, that's why I, I think uh, he won't have any problem. And, you know, and he's still been involved in the game, so I don't think he's going to have any problem um, adjusting to the way things are today. Well, with your great history in the game, you've been around it all your life, and you've seen the ups and downs of the game, and right now we're not seeing a lot of action in the game, and and that's being talked about a lot, and there's going to be changes in the minor leagues to see what can happen, and I know you could probably go on for an hour about this question, but what, what can we do to get more action in the game, from your opinion, and watching this up close? Well, the main thing, Dan, is we just got to cut down on the strikeouts. Absolutely. You know, you got know, to figure out a way to put the ball in play more often. And, and uh, you know, we were one of the teams I think was guilty. We uh, took a lot of walks, and, and uh, but I think we're, we're swinging more and being more aggressive. And one thing that somebody suggested to me one time was maybe changing the strike zone because uh, everybody's pitching up high high in the strike zone now to maybe lower the, the top end of the strike zone a little bit and, and get guys uh, to swing more. I don't know, but... Uh, I don't know. I just uh, there's a lot of different things that have been discussed. I'm not sure what the best ones are, but hopefully we get it figured out because we we definitely need to get more action in the game and get these games moving quicker. I think you know the other thing is there's some s- simple things like uh, I, I believe the umpires need to be uh, 
uh, more efficient in keeping guys in the, in the keeping hitters in the batter's box. We've got a couple of guys that are terrible that way. I know there's there. I watch games. I watch games all the time, every day. And, and there's team, a lot of batters that you know, they get out of the box, they walk around and come back. I mean, make them stay in the box. That's the rule, you know? Yeah. And uh, that would speed things up a little bit. So there's a lot of different things that uh, some rules, some rules are in the books now that could be, if they were enforced a little better, I think would be uh, more productive. Hey, Walt, uh, my final question for you, and it's a privilege for me to do the, the hall of fame and MC it, and I've done it since its inception. Mm-hmm. And when, um, I see the guys that you brought to St. Louis. You always make a point to come back, whether it's Big Mac or Roland and some of the other guys. Ray Langford, obviously, another one. There's been a bunch. Mm-hmm. What's that like? I, I've specifically watched you a few times, and I don't mean to embarrass you here. I mean this in a good way. I see the tears in your eyes. I see the tears yeah. rolling down your cheeks. What is that like for you? And I got goosebumps thinking about asking you this question, that the pride that you have in knowing what yeah. you meant to this franchise and and the people that you brought here and to see those guys go in. Well, thanks, Dad. I appreciate it. It, it, it does mean um, a great deal to me because, you know, you look back now and reflect on <clears throat> things you did throughout your career, and and I, I, I'm very proud of the guys that we brought into St. Louis and the guys that have gone into the Hall of Fame in St. Louis but also into uh, Cooperstown. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's like, I, I guess I feel like a proud papa. You yeah. know, it's guys that you... You bring into the organization that helped us win and helped us be competitive, but uh, you got to know and got close to, and I still stay in touch with quite a few of them. And, and uh, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a great feeling. It's, um, and that's pretty much what now in my career, all I do is advise and whether they listen or not, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> the only thing you have left really is memories. And we had uh, tremendous memories in St. Louis. We had just a great, uh, run there and uh, a lot of fun with great people uh, like all of you and, and uh, the fans that were there and all the friends we had. So it was uh, and in addition to the players, the people we worked with. So it was a great time. Well, awesome. it's, it's 46 and cloudy in St. Louis. I'm sure it's that way in Phoenix too, right? <laughs> right now, uh, Dan, I'm, or, uh, uh, Randy, I'm, I'm out uh, watching the sun come up over Camelback Mountain. Wow. It's probably about 65 right now and might be in the mid eighties today, but when I say it's a dry heat, trust me, it is a dry heat. Uh-huh. We don't have the humidity like St. Louis or Florida, and it makes a huge difference. Yeah, we got to hear this from you all. Yeah, Thanks yeah. a lot. Way to ruin it. It is so good to hear your voice, and uh, we we appreciate you did for the Cardinals and all you did for St. Louis. And uh, on behalf of Dan, I and myself, uh, all you did for the media, you made our job so much easier. I've told you that before, but we really okay. do appreciate you, Walt. Thanks so much. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate it. And I, I do watch you a lot, Dan, so you guys do a good job. Thank you, Walt. I, I, I'm going to say that I had the chance to visit with the great Walt Jockety on the broadcast oh. tonight. I, so you better be listening to our feed, okay? I'll be watching. I will. I, I love it. will. I love it. Thanks, right, Walt. Guys. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you, it means a lot. Okay, that is Walt Jockety with us on 101 ESPN, one of my all-time favorites. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. 
and Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. You made it. Checked out of office to check into the sweet views of this place where the kids aren't asking for the Wi-Fi. Mom, can we go to the pool? And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it.